to another episode of Speaking Literally, where the books speak for themselves. I'm Holly. And I'm Liz. And we are super excited um, because later in the show, we are going to welcome author Jen Bruchard on to do um, a little interview and be a guest for us, uh, talking about her debut novel, First Course, which has uh, been on the bookshelves for a couple years now. Uh, But excitingly enough, she does have a new one coming out in October called Palms on the Cape. So she'll be in... um, at the, at the end of the show, and she'll tell us all about it. So please hang in there because you don't want to miss that interview. Um, so Liz, how you doing? Good. It's been a, a busy, busy week, so kind of glad it's the weekend. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I can't believe the whole summer's like going so fast. I can't believe we're already like halfway through July. I know. It's speeding through. I feel like every summer goes by faster and faster and faster. Yeah. And it's just... It's this it's age. The older you get, the quicker things go. <laughs> oh, that's so sad. <laughs> I don't want to think about that. That's just kind of depressing. Let's slow down a little bit. But... Yeah. Oh, wow. Well, on the good news is that, um, you know, if you've been looking at uh, the news or watching some YouTube trailers, you should know that there's about a bazillion new adaptations that are going to be hitting the big and little screens. I mean, and you just said, yeah, we're already halfway through July. And the majority of these adaptations that we found that we're going to kind of talk a little bit, bit about in this first segment, these are all still coming they're in the next like five months exactly i mean think about it like just the first half of the year we didn't really have that many did we we had the second season of shadow and bone um and i'm trying to think of any others i'm sure there was <laughs> so i'm sure and, there's something on prime that i've seen yeah <laughs> there weren't I, many though there weren't any sort of major uh, major ones so there's a lot coming out in the the kind of last six months of the year which is really exciting yeah it is and so um like for example we've kind of mentioned um in the past when it was first announced that ballad of of, um, songbirds and snakes Mm -hmm. was coming out we immediately jumped on that and kind of talked about it on the show because you know we're big hunger games fans um it's actually this they do this all the time they have like the hunger game marathons on tv and stuff so me and my son were actually watching the Hunger Games uh, marathon nice. yesterday, so it was kind of exciting. But yeah, so November um, song uh, Ballad of, of Songbirds and Snakes is, is hitting the big screens, and so excited about that. Yeah, definitely. I mean, the, the casting looks amazing, and that last trailer we had, oh, it just looked so so good. And the book, I loved how the book gave you like loads of nice little nods to the main trilogy. Um, we had like a little hint from about the hanging tree, like the origin of the hanging tree. We had the song, which I really hope that the song, the hanging tree song is in the, in the film because every time I hear that, it kind of gives me the creeps. (laughs) (laughs) It's so eerie, but it's so good. (laughs) Yeah. So let's play Um, a quick snippet of the trailer real quick. Let's do it. Okay. I am honored to introduce to you the creator of the Hunger Games themselves, Dean Casca Highbottom. I have summoned you all here for the 10th Annual Reaping Ceremony. 
in which we choose two children from each district to fight to the death in the Hunger Games. From District 12, Lucy Gray Baird. There has been a change this year. As a mentor, Mr. Snow, your role is to turn these children into spectacles, not survivors. All right, so um, we get um, kind of in this, if you've read the book, you kind of know it's it's a prequel. We get a little bit more insight on uh, Cornelius Snow and almost kind of what led him to be this, like, villain that he is and that we Mm -hmm. see in the Hunger Games Um, because it's like it revolves around the 10th annual Hunger Games and we meet Lucy Baird. Lucy Gray Baird is going to be like kind of our our main person who's picked um, to be a contestant but what was interesting and and Liz I don't know if you can if you could hear the trailer well I, I didn't think you could hear so so to give you what we just heard they talked about how in this 10th games there's going to be a change and as the mentor snow has to create these the, the kids into spectacles versus survivors mm. which is kind of you know that's almost what we see in the hunger games it's, it's a show like you see everybody just watching it it's, it's entertainment they don't they can separate themselves from the fact that these are kids killing kids. But what exactly. am I... I mean, yeah, go ahead. I was going to say, the original kind of... The origin of the Hunger Games was almost like a, a punishment, wasn't it? It was to remind um, remind everyone how much power the capital has and how easily they, that can be taken away. Like that kind of... The power that each district has, how easily the capital can completely take everything away. It's almost to make them rem- remember where they came from and where kind of where the important people are and I think this was kind of more about turning like not punishment but turning that reminder as you say into into more entertainment so making yeah. it more more of a spectacle more entertaining for those watching and also I guess more profitable at the end of the day yeah so my biggest question, though, is we know that in, like, the Hunger Games that we see, we have the, the 74th and the 75th annual mm. Hunger Games. Okay. This movie focuses on the 10th. So that's 65 years prior to Catching Fire. Snow yeah. is a mentor. How old is Snow? Snow. Is this his first year at being a mentor? I believe so. So that would mean he'd be about 16 originally in the Hunger Games. So I get, we'd yeah. be looking at, yeah, so that would be uh, 50. He'd be about 65, 70. So, yeah, that makes, that makes about right, doesn't well, it? No, because if he is in this, in Songbirds and Snakes, if he's 16, 17, hmm. 65 years before the current Hunger Games. Oh, because it's 70, yeah. So, so he's going to be like, 75. Um, I mean, to be fair, even older was, than that. It, it like, was, yeah, it was he'd be like kind 80. of played by Donald Sutherland. He'd be like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he'd be in like his mid-80s. Like, geez. So, I don't know. It, it's, it's, just, it's fascinating that, you know, yeah. we're going so far back in time to like the 10th Hunger Games um, that... I kind of now want to see everything that happened between 10 
and the seventy fifth mm-hmm. one. That's sixty, like sixty four wow, years. Like there's a lot of evolution. I mean, because we know that you know, and the one Hunger Games for Catching Fire, they say, oh, for the quarter quill, we're gonna change things, and. Here, in the 10th one, they're like, ooh, we're going to change things. Well, how many other yeah. times in 60 years do they change things? So... No, exactly. I mean, what, we haven't really seen the author write much else since this, have we? Mm-mm. Yeah, I don't think they've done anything since The Ballad of Sunbird and Snakes. Yeah. So I wonder what her plans are. Like, now I'm going to have to, like, research her and see see what Suzanne Collins has been up to since, yeah. since Songbirds. Have a look on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Let's, let's like, Maybe social media stalk her. Um, <coughs> see, what, see what she's up to. So, yeah. yeah, so this is a big one. I'm super, 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 mm, super excited definitely. about this one. Um, and this is actually a really um, – highly anticipated one for my family so it's it's gonna be our mm-hmm. we go to a movie every year uh on on thanksgiving day um which is Aww. falls at the end of thanks at the end of november so this is going to be our thanksgiving movie nice. this year and we're super super excited oh that's gonna be so good and i mean for out of all the ones we're going to be talking about that this is also our kind of longest anticipated all the other ones we've only really heard of in the last six months maybe a year this one we we heard about what a year and a half ago. Yeah, we first heard about it. So this has definitely been our longest anticipated. Um, so yeah, I'm very excited about that one. I think that's definitely my my most anticipated as well. I mean, other than that, we did um, we have had a few new trailers coming out recently um, for for some more recent ones that we we knew were coming, but we didn't know when or we didn't necessarily know the casting or much detail. Um, we had the first trailer for uh, for Wonka which is the the prequel, so the actual uh, prequel to Willy Wonka and Chocolate Factory. And in this one, we have uh, Willy Wonka as, I'm guessing, probably late teens, early 20s. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's about him building up his, his chocolate empire and how he starts off as, as this kind of this simple businessman who has a plan to, to make a, a magical kind of chocolate wonderland. Um, so I think we have a, a trailer for that. We can share a little snippet. Yeah, we'll share a little snippet. And I will say, like, this is one that I really didn't know was even in the works until I think, Liz, you mentioned it, like, <laughs> yeah. earlier this week or last week or whatever. And I, I was like, really? I had no idea. And then just watch the trailer. Um, it does. It looks super good. So uh, we'll play a, a quick it little. It sweet. It does look really sweet. So here's a, a quick little snippet from the trailer. You could change her life, Mr. Walker. Change all their lives. Run away! Every good thing in this world started with a dream. So you hold on to yours. Here we go, Mama. Mark my words. This is going to be the greatest chocolate shop the world has ever seen. So you're the funny little man who's been following me. I will have you know that I am a perfectly respectable size for an Oompa Loompa. Number what now? Allow me to refresh your memory. Oh, I don't think I want to hear that. Too late. I've started dancing now. Once we've started, we can't stop. All right, so that was the end of the trailer. So you get to see uh, the little Oompa Loompa, which is absolutely yes. adorable. Uh-huh. Hugh Grant at his best. <laughs> exactly. Like, how can you not love love him? 
Um, so yeah, so like I am really excited because watching the trailer, I'm like, oh, Wonka, another candy shop, golden ticket. Let's go through. But watching the trailer, you, I was I was surprised, and I'm like mm-hmm. now super super excited to to see <laughs> to see it. it's a great cast and to and to focus more on how he started. Yeah, no, definitely. And I think I heard about this about six to eight months ago because they did release a few um, a few images of uh, Timothy Chalamet, who plays Wonka, in his costume on set. So that kind of sparked my interest. And this is the first trailer that we've had for this. Uh, and yeah, no, I'm very, very excited. And it also it comes out around Christmas time and it's going mm-hmm. to be kind of the perfect kind of cute family Christmas film. Absolutely. So it's a perfect time of year to, to release it. So no, very excited about that. And he, that actor, is very busy because he is Wonka coming out in December, but he also plays the lead, right, the lead character in Dune. And yeah. Dune 2, um, in, in that epic sci-fi uh, series, is being released November 3rd. So he has, like, two months back-to-back movie releases. So he's so going to have a great holiday season. <laughs> oh, yeah, but he's going to have a very happy Christmas. Um, yeah, I haven't, have you seen any trailers for the second one yet? I haven't actually seen any. I haven't, but I also haven't been looking for them. Um, yeah. I know I'm going to see it. I really like the first Dune movie. Yeah, so good. Yeah, so I definitely know I'm going to see it, but I haven't, I haven't had a chance really to, to look. So yeah. for me, that's not surprising unless my son brings me a trailer to watch or you tell <laughs> me about a trailer to watch. I probably haven't seen the trailer. <laughs> See, I saw the red, white, royal, blue, and Wonka. I actually saw on TikTok. So, <laughs> yeah. So most so of my speak... TikTok stuff is either books or, or films. So and see, and I don't have TikTok, uh, so <laughs> I, I I know I'm missing out not having it. But I, I yeah, I don't. So I rely on everybody else who has it to tell me, <laughs> and then I'll go and look it up. <laughs> I, that's yeah, one yeah. more thing that I do not need to distract myself with. Oh, like, I, I it is, yeah, it can be a it can be a time drainer. So I, I didn't go on it too much. <laughs> I, I, lose a, I lose enough time with like Instagram and just like Facebook and you know and, and this new. I know this is gonna be a, a tangent, but that's kind of what threads. we do here. Um, threads have with, I haven't joined it yet. Have you? So I went ahead and clicked on it, but I'm this. this this was my issue with it. Technology, not always our thing. We know. Like, this episode in general of our podcast has been one of those that has been completely yeah. chaos when it comes to technology. Like, we're using okay. Skype. We've been using Skype now for a couple months. But for some reason, it's giving us a lot of issues. My camera's not working. Um, we're having difficulty logging in. So technology is not our forte, which is hilarious that we're doing this web-based, technology-driven podcast where we're on two different continents, Liz, and for some reason, <laughs> we just feel that we know enough about technology to make this work every month. So far... I mean, we've, we've done it for two and a bit years now. We're, 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 getting, we're, we're getting along. We're kind of like just winging it. It's fine. We're just, just wing it. You know, at some point, <laughs> we might figure it all out and get our stuff together, but in the meantime... Exactly. Our, a part of our our charm, Liz, truly is our hot mess shenanigans, yep. you know, demeanor. But anyways, so with threads, yeah, exactly. So I'm like, okay, I read all about 
about it before I clicked on it. So I knew that, you know, if you click on it and you join it, you can't, like, deactivate your Threads account without deactivating your Instagram account. No, yeah. really? So, yeah, so be aware of that. But I'm like, whatever. Yeah. If I'm tired of Threads, I'll just, like, delete the app. I won't delete my account. That's fine. Yeah. So, but I have multiple Instagram accounts. So I have like my personal one, um, then I have my bookstagram one, and then we have our podcast one. So I have all three. So I I don't know enough about technology and and how this works, but this is what happens. So I was in my personal, I had my personal account up, um, and then I... went to I downloaded the threads app and then I went in to kind of create my account well what it does is you don't really create account it just because it's it's, it's linked to Instagram more details there, yeah yeah so I don't know if because my personal account is my is it's either because it's my main account that my other ones have been made off of or if it's because it was the one that was active at the time yeah, in, in my that. app but my threads account is attached to my personal account so it's like Mm. it's not my bookstagram name it's my you know my private account name which which is fine but it's so it's like now I'm like well if I was going to use threads I would use it for for book stuff not necessarily for personal stuff yeah because I have Facebook and Instagram for personal stuff believe me people do not need they don't (laughs) I'm not I'm not exciting enough for everybody to need to know about my life on every single social media platform believe me (laughs) Not that thrilling of a person. <clears throat> so I don't know what I'm going to do with threads. Like I have it, haven't done yeah. anything with it. So and it's interesting because obviously because I work in marketing, it's something that I'm trying to kind of understand a bit more about because it could be something that is a good marketing tool in the future. At the moment, because it is still very young, it's quite there's not much going on. As in, like, so for example, the the weirdest thing is that they are discouraging people from posting news on threads. Really? I mean, that was the main part of Twitter was sharing news. <laughs> so the fact that they're discouraging it is very strange. Um, hashtags is not a thing on threads. So it doesn't make any difference with hashtags. Uh, obviously, at the moment, there's no advertising because of the fact it's yeah. such a new platform, which for the normal person is fine, but for like marketing, it's obviously <laughs> no point at the moment. Um but it'll be interesting to see what happens. I mean, I thought it was really... So I haven't actually completed my profile yet because I got to the point where it's like, follow the people that you follow oh. on your Instagram account. And I thought it was really sneaky that they list everybody that you follow and they don't mark which ones have actually got a, a Threads account. Mm-hmm. And I'm pretty sure if you click follow every single person that you follow on your Instagram account... Those that don't have a Threads account, they'll probably then be sent a message going, join Threads, somebody's looking for you, kind of thing. So I thought that was really sneaky. I mean, look, other platforms do it, but not quite as in-your-face kind of um, during the setup. That was kind of crazy. But I think I will explore it at some point. Um, But at the moment, I've got got enough with with my own See, and it was created to kind of rival Twitter. Um, Yeah. And so, and I have a Twitter, and I never use Twitter. I it, it <laughs> like, but unlike TikTok, I don't even have a TikTok. But I at least have a Twitter, and I. But yeah. I, I just I, I don't know. It's just I. 
anything I would do I, on Twitter, I can do on, like, Instagram. Like, I just don't. Yeah. Except the fact that with Instagram, you have to post a picture. True. I mean, Twitter, uh, I didn't really, haven't posted on Twitter for months, but most of the time I go on Twitter is for, funnily enough, for author, author things, because mm-hmm. a lot of authors, for example, like Stephen King, he's only on Twitter. Yeah. So... And he can post some funny things about his dog, so it's all good. <laughs> he, he does have <laughs> um, But a lot of celebrities are only on Twitter because they like that kind of format. But what's really strange is that on threads, so on um, Twitter it was, what, 200-and-something uh, character limit, I think? Oh, I thought it was, like, only, 20? like, one. I thought it was 140, oh, unless they updated. Oh, yeah, no, you might be right. Um, threads, it's a 500-character limit. That's a lot. That's a big limit. That for a Twitter a um, equivalent, that's like a, a normal size post for most of us. Yeah, that's so, like a, um, uh, that's like a rant. That's like a, you know, a solid exactly. paragraph. So it, it's really strange. I don't think they quite understand what they're trying to go for. And I think, I think we will see some changes coming up just because there has been kind of like people aren't really sure what its purpose is. Yeah. Um, I know obviously that they're going for the Twitter equivalent because – Elon Musk is trying to kind of ruin Twitter by putting on limits and everything everything else. Um, but yeah, at the moment, it's like, it's not really filling any gaps. There's no gap that needed filling as such. And I feel that like a couple so, months ago, do you remember when Hive, the Hive app, um, released? In its... the heating app. No, Hive. Like, it looks okay. like it looks like a beehive. Like, the little logo looks like a little beehive. But it's another social media thing. Um, okay. And I saw it um, when it first released. I saw it around on, on Instagram. Like, some of the, like, mm-hmm. uh, like, the little bookstagram people were saying, ooh, follow me on Hive. I've started by Hive. But again, it's, I, like you said, I think you said it very well. There wasn't a gap that it's filling. Like, yeah. at this point, I they, people are just creating things to create similar things, but then we're going to be inundated yeah. with all these social media platforms. But we're already like, I'm comfortable on on Instagram. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm set in my ways. <laughs> yeah, I'm, like you said, we're old. Things are going by much quicker, so I don't have time to give to learn a new social media platform. <laughs> That's not new. It's not new and exciting. Yeah. It's just like it's just a, a, a re-imaging of what we're already doing. So yeah. Um, well, that no, was a exactly. nice big tangent. That was like the biggest tangent we've had for a while. I know. <laughs> it's all good. It's all good. And it just like reiterates that I really need to post on Instagram more. Yeah. <laughs> I've been really bad this, this these last couple of weeks. I've been like, yeah. Oh, yeah. Since May, I've been pretty bad. I need, I'm going to get better. I'm posting a, a review today. So people watch out. Yeah. It's going to be on Jen Bouchard's uh, book. So you have Which to look, it, look out. I'm gonna probably post it on the same same time this this episode drops. So there you go. Yeah, yeah. And I Which have my fourth fun. wing review ready to go. So <gasps> yeah. So <sighs> that's definitely one. I'll, I'll post like my my shortened version of the review on on Instagram. But this is one that definitely it's that's a massive one, isn't it? Re yeah. You might want to <laughs> click on the link in my stories to see my full review because it, it it's it's pretty massive. Like I I have quite a bit to say about Fourth Wing. Have you given it like a different tier to Top Shelf? I mean, is there something above <laughs> I mean, Top Shelf? <laughs> I, I know it's like if I could give it like seventeen stars, I would give it seventeen stars. It's oh my yeah, God. it's um 
Like, yeah, I can't wait for us to discuss it. And obviously, we'll be discussing it at the end of August. Yes. Our girls are back. Yeah. Our August book club episode at the end of the month will be fourth wing. So you have about a month and a half to read the book. If you haven't already, I mean, granted, I think half the population has already read the book. Like, (laughs) I mean, I know this is another tangent, but holy moly, that book, like, it's going crazy. Like, it's been a while since I've, and it's been so long since I've seen a book that hit the shelves to so much, like, hype, like, and I mean, we've both read it, and I agree the hype is worth it, but it was just. But I mean, usually there's a, usually there is another reason why it gets all this hype, Mm -hmm. like an adaptation or like something to do with the author, but I took, I can't work out the reason why this one went crazy. It's yeah. really strange because, I mean, I looked up, the author has had, had already about 14 books out, and I don't think, I mean, I've never heard of any of them. Um, yeah, I haven't read anything one. by her at all. <laughs> Nothing by her. So I, I don't didn't know even know this, this came from. I didn't even know this book was being released. Like, I do a monthly, no. like, here are my anticipated reads for the month. Yeah. I had no idea this book was even coming <laughs> out. And I'm like, how did I miss this one? Yeah, I, I think this is just one of those kind of rare kind of, it's being made famous by social media, basically. Yeah. And, I mean, well-deserved. Very oh, well-deserved. well-deserved. So, all right. So, we'll, we'll keep all of our, <laughs> our thoughts percolating yeah. in our brains until we won't, our We won't go into detail. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, we should probably go back to the adaptations a little yes, bit. Yes. So <laughs> all right. So, close. you mentioned right before we went off on our first tangent, Red, White, and Royal Blue. Uh, yes. Yeah, so, that is another trailer that was released um, only a few days ago now. Um, it is coming to Prime um, in August, so not too far away. Um, this is obviously based on the book um, of the same title, Red, White and Royal Blue, um, which is like an LGBT uh, rom-com. Really cute, um, basically about the a fictional president's son and a fictional um, queen's grandson, and it's an enemies to lovers so it's very cute. Um, it's just like an easy, nice, simple read. So, I mean, it looks really cute. The trailer looks sweet. So we, we shall see. Um, but yeah, Holly needs to read it first. <laughs> yeah, I know. Just to add it to my my never ending. <laughs> it doesn't take list. very long once you get into it. It's, it's sort of one that is so easy to read. Well, that's good. I love those kind of books. And it'd be a good summer read. Yeah. Uh, but then you know we've talked about some other ones. Like we've talked about the Harry Potter redo that's going to be coming out on on not hbo max i think it's just max now um but i did see something i don't know how legit it was but i saw a picture of adam i think it was adam actor adam driver dressed as snape like looking like he might play snape no yeah really yeah oh my god he would be the perfect perfect i'm gonna have to go back and see if i can find that the picture of adam adam driver like as snape um, and I'm like, oh, that would be a only good other, casting. Yeah, the only other person who I think would make a really good um, Snape is, you remember in the third Fantastic Beasts? Okay. Do you remember the, the boy in it with the long dark hair? The main character who was, oh, what's the name? In the third Fantastic Beasts? Yeah, that one. Oh, I'd have to go back. He was the brother. And hang on a second. Hmm. I have to look it up. I can't remember the character's name. It was um, was it Theseus Commander? 
Uh, I have no idea. No, it was. Uh, it was. Oh, I've just realized who actually was. It was uh, is Credence Barebone, but because that's the only one I could think of. But he was like in the first, yeah. the, the first one. Yeah, I could see that 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 character. I could see. Um, it is, but I just realized that it was played by Ezra Miller. Oh, and he's kind of had a lot of uh, drama in the last year. Yeah. So maybe Adam Driver so, will. Adam will Driver, yeah. Be... Let's get Adam Driver. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, so I mean, we talked would, about that. He would be so good. Yeah. So we have that one coming out. We've already talked about Lessons in Chemistry, which is coming out on Apple TV October 13th. So Liz and I, we've already talked about trying to find like the the free, the free such like temporary subscription, like whatever to it, so we can watch it. Um, now Shadow and Bone is another one that we we've talked about a billion times. It's it still has not yet been renewed for season three, so that's a little worrisome. However, it was just recently announced that it has been um, nominated for an Emmy for Outstanding Special Visual Effects in a single episode. So that's pretty cool. So maybe I should watch I mean, it. You really need to watch it. <laughs> you love Shadow and Bone, just like me, and you love Six of Crows. So you have to watch it. <laughs> and I really did enjoy um, yeah, the first season of it too. So I know. I also Nikolai. I know. I love Nikolai. Nikolai is actually really good in this. You you will be happy. I know. And so is um, what's the name? Well, the one beginning with W. Waylon. 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 That's the one. Yeah. yeah. Waylon was really good. Yeah. He's really good in this. Good. You need to yeah. You need to just get on and watch it. Maybe I'll do that today. I don't have a lot of stuff left going ask, on this afternoon. So. Okay. So. I was going to say you've got Fridays off now for a while. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Fridays are what I'm do- spending my days doing that I don't get done during the week. It's ridiculous. Oh, but yeah, no. Um, I don't think we've had anything about the Harry Potter reboot so far, um, which is a shame, like, cast-wise. They must be quite early on. But, I mean, with all the writer strikes, some of these will get pushed back, sadly. Um, and we will kind of, we won't see some of these for a while. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah, I mean, now that, now that um, Shadow and Bone has had got that Emmy, Emmy nomination, they have to renew it. I'm hoping. I mean, seriously. Because uh, it's getting recognition. I, you know, I'll, I'll watch it so it's one more viewer that they can like, you know, <laughs> show like, look, one million and one people yeah. have watched it. Holly has watched it. Holly, who is like <laughs> this big superstar co-host of, of Speaking Literally, has watched it. So it's obviously a really good show. It is a really, really good show. And also, there is actually one more we have to mention, um, Adaptation, because it comes out in, what, well, from the date this releases, 11 days, which is Good Omens Season 2. Mm. But you haven't seen Good Omens, have you? I haven't. <sighs> So, uh, written by Terry Pratchett and Neil Gaiman, and the main characters are played by uh, Michael Sheen and David Tennant. Um, so, this comes out on the July the 28th, I think it is? Yeah, 28th of July, um, season two. So, that one is very excited, and that's also on Prime. Oh, um, interesting. So, yeah. And basically, they play as Crowley and as um, Azrael, Azura Fowley. Hmm. Which is Ezra. But yeah, it's very good. So, well, the last thing. and the last one that I think that, you know, really 
is this new one that I didn't know about that until I saw that you had um, you had found it was that Warner Brothers has uh, recently announced that they're going to develop um, Marissa Meyer's Lunar Chronicles into an animated adaptation. So they own the rights to all the books in that series, but they're going to start with Cinder, probably see how it does. Yeah. Um, especially as an animated ad- adaptation. That was like, that was the first thing I, that jumped out at me. <laughs> and so Liz brought this to my attention about this becoming an adaptation. So my first question was as an animated adaptation, is this, are we talking like the recent Spider-Man Spider-Verse animation where it's a little bit more of a mature animation? It's more of like anime style. Yeah. Or are we talking cartoon animation? I hope it's the, the anime kind of style because I think that would work really well with this kind of landscape <laughs> and this kind of environment because of the fact it's all about kind of, um, because it's based in this futuristic um, landscape where she is fixing like robots and cyborgs and stuff. So I think that would be really well done with, with the whole anime style rather than the cutesy kind of Disney style original animation. So yeah, I guess we shall see. Yeah. I'm, I'm um, hoping, Um, but yeah, so maybe I should read that book too before it comes out. (laughs) I think you've got a while for that one, so don't worry. But that one, yeah, you should read. I think if there's about what four in the four in the series now. Sure, <laughs> I haven't even read number one. You think <laughs> I know how many like there are in the series? <laughs> Something like that. Oh my goodness! All right, well, lots of adaptations. Interested to see how they do. I just, you know, sometimes I feel like we get more and more adaptations and less and less like original screen work. Um, but. I like a combination of both. <laughs> so, what about you? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, we haven't had, like, many good adaptations in a while. I think the last one that kind of stands out that I really enjoyed, obviously, apart from Shadow and Bone, was um, The Hating Game. Mm. That was really good. Because that, that had, like, major book lovers vibes. That was very kind of book lovers. I haven't read um, that one either. You read Book Lovers? I read Book Lovers. I haven't read The Hating Game. It's really good. You loved you loved Book Lovers, so you'd love The Hating Game. Yeah, that's true. Very similar vibe. Um, but yeah, I think I there is such so, that such a thing as too many. But I think at the moment, it's nice that we're getting it like a, an influx in, and we'll see because there are there are times when the book is that good that I wouldn't want an adaptation because I don't want it ruined. Like, I'm not sure, I'm still not sure about this Harry Potter um, remake just because the films were that amazing. Yeah, um, I I'm, don't know I'm if they can do any better. Worried. Because I think, I can't think of a better casting than, than they did for the, all the films for all the characters. And considering that half the cast are now dead. But Adam Driver, <laughs> at, if, if they actually get Adam Driver to be Snape, that might. Yeah, I mean, he's not going to be Alan Rickman, though, is he? No one's going to be who they are. And they'll have to exactly. make the, the roles. <laughs> you know their own but if they get a good yeah. cast if they really are you know if they spend the time that they need to to pick a perfect cast knowing what it's yeah. coming after like you can't you can't just haphazardly throw a cast together and assume that a, re- a remake of Harry Potter is mm-hmm. going to be good like they literally no. are going to have to spend money on a cast that's going to make people say 
as much as I love the originals, this cast looks really good, and I'm willing to give it yeah. a shot. No, definitely. I mean, it'd be nice if they include some of the bits that are cut out of the films, but they weren't in the books. That would be quite nice, and that'd be kind of yeah. a bit of a unique take on it, rather than doing a straight rip from the films. And I think that's what they're planning to do because it's it's being done okay. as like a um, like a series, series. versus yeah. yeah, TV versus movies. And each I what I was led to believe was that each season is a book. So, like, the first oh, wow. season will okay. be book one, so they'll so be able to put in. Then. Yeah, because you, you get to, like, the like the the later books, and there's so much has changed. Like, they took all of the stuff about oh, yeah. Voldemort's childhood and past out of the movies. Like, it was in the books. Yeah. Didn't get any of it. The same thing with the scene with, like, the, um, I don't know if it was book five or book six with the other, probably book, I don't know. Probably, I think it's six. Um where with the other minister, where like the minister of magic actually goes into the office of the prime minister of England, oh, it's like yeah. the first chapter of the book, and like I yeah, love that. Yeah. I'm like I would have loved <laughs> to have seen that scene in yeah. a movie. So like, like there's just so much that they cut out. So I mean they had to because they like by the end the bit the books were bricks by the end of it. Yeah, and <laughs> they're like movies. Stephen Kingland. <laughs> yeah, and the movies themselves were already over two hours, and they still yeah. cut so much out. Yeah, exactly. So, but yeah, no, it'd be interesting. I think all these ones that we've kind of mentioned, I am really looking forward to seeing, seeing what happens. Um, I think we've got a nice amount coming out at the moment because it's kind of they're spread out. It's not like we're getting a ton in like a month or something. So yeah, yeah. I guess we shall see. All How right. about you? What do you think? I agree. Um, you know, I just I like original movies. Um. Yeah, you know, because we're we love going to the movies. My family, we we go to the movies a couple times a month. It's just it's always been something. Like my husband and I went to the movies every weekend when we were dating and first married, and we do it with our kids now. And so it's like yeah. I love certain adaptations, but I don't want it to be the only thing that's available. Like it, I do think that it it can be overdone. Um, we oh, have yeah. so many creative screenwriters and and people out there yeah. that I just. I don't want to lose that that aspect of the movie-going experience. I think, if anything, the, the thing that we've got most of right now that we've just got, I feel we've got too many, is remakes. It's like, yeah. we'll stop doing remakes. Yeah. Just bring out the originals. Not, mm-hmm. like, there's a reason why these films have not been remade before, because they were good. Don't, like, all these Disney remakes, you don't need it. No. Just mm-hmm. to show your kid the original Disney one. It's amazing, and there's yeah. nothing wrong with it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Um, all right. So moving on. Um, so let's, let's jump down because, you know, we, we have Jen Bouchard joining us in just a couple minutes and we know that that's going to be a long segment. So just to make sure that you're not listening to us for like five hours, um, we're going to kind of jump down to just our last two big segments that we tend to do, um, in this, this segment of our show. So, um, we love talking about the New York Times bestseller list. Just even though it doesn't really mean anything, it's still kind of fun for us to talk about. And <laughs> Colleen Hoover has a new book out. So guess who's in the number one spot right now? Ugh. Yeah. So she has uh, her new book, Too Late, um, came out, uh, I think, two weeks ago because she's now been number one for the last two weeks. And, um, and as a result of her new book, her other book, It Ends With Us, is still holding strong in number three. So she, right now she's two of the five. 
I mean, seriously, how long can this woman monopolize the top five? It, we've been talking about this, what, a year and a half now mm-hmm. that she's been monopolizing it most weeks? Yeah. And it is, it's crazy. It is so crazy. I mean, I know the book community is a big community, but there's got to be a limit. <laughs> say that you know she hasn't been number in the number one slot for for several weeks until this book came out because um happy place was number one for a while nice. and then fourth wing has been number one for a while uh fourth Yay. wing is currently number two and then Ooh. happy place is, is is number five and then to round out the top five at number four is uh, five star weekend so and that one is it's like a summer beach read uh and so yeah so it's been kind of like up and down throughout the top five since it was released a couple weeks ago so it's still still hanging in there um but yeah so i'm not overly surprised yeah at least we've got a nice variety now rather than it being like coho 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 it's Mm -hmm. it's nice it's nice kind of mix of genres there and also it's really good to see a fantasy in the top five because we oh, it's such a rarity. Yeah. I think last time I remember us talking about a fantasy and wasn't it even a proper one was when we had the Pumpkin King. Do you remember at number oh, one? Oh, yeah. Yep. I think that was probably the last time that I saw a fantasy in top five. So and that wasn't really even nice in to... this top five. That was in the, um, that was in the, 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 young, the young adult heart. Yeah, that one yeah. right now... And I forgot that I, we used to put that on here. I have to go back and, and look that one up. <laughs> but I know that the number one book in, in the, the young adult right now is Solitude. And it's been in the in that top slot for a while. It's it's been it's been yeah. hanging on pretty 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 strong. Oh, um yeah, so I don't know a lot about it. But okay. I know that yeah, it's I've not even heard of it. Yeah, but it it's 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 looking like it's gonna have like the same run as the pumpkin queen did because it was pumpkin queen was number one oh, for wow. a long that time was... yeah yeah no definitely oh no okay not that one i looked up the word solitude book and then it came up with the one that came out in 1988 <laughs> i don't think it was one. that one somehow <laughs> that's really interesting yeah and i, I but it's especially in the adult section because the adult section is such it, we mainly see either thriller crime or um like rom-com slash mm-hmm. contemporary fiction so the fact we're actually seeing a fantasy in there is such a nice such a kind of a breath of fresh air <laughs> i know it's so nice and also we know that book's amazing so it's well deserved absolutely <laughs> all right so what are some books that are coming up so a few uh, quite good ones this month we have uh, coming out on the 1st of August this is all both UK and US dates for once there's no delays there's no no different dates um so on the 1st of August we have Sing Wild Birds Sing by Jacqueline O'Mahony um and then we have on the 18th of July we've got three books coming out on the 18th of July so all three a uh, nice little trio there uh we have Crook Manif- Manifesto by Colson Whitehead we have The Block Party by Jamie Day. And then we have the one that we are most oh. anticipating for the month, for the whole month, I would say. Um, and that is book five from the From Blood and Ash series called A Soul of Ash and Blood um, by Jennifer L. Armentrout. So we are very excited about that. Um, not looking so easy to get in the UK, unfortunately, but it is no. supposedly releasing on July 18th as well. Oh, that's um, right. We yeah. did look at that. 
we looked and although it comes out on the 18th of July, it said available to be delivered on the 9th of August. So it's like, yeah, yeah I think my, um, my audible credits reset on uh on the 17th so today the day that this episode is releasing i have my 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 new my two credits for the next for the month so i think i'm gonna wait a day until it comes out and um i think a soul of ash and blood is gonna be my next audio that i start i might just yeah i'm i might just get the kindle book like last time yeah (laughs) it's i mean that's the easiest way to get it quick and um and cheaper yeah and cheaper so so yeah, yeah. So that is all the ones coming up this month. Um, and August is going to be an interesting one because we've got to squeeze in. <laughs> we've yeah. got two episodes, obviously. So we're going to be uh, the book releases will be quite sparse because we need to work out what's coming out when. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, and I'm excited about Block Party too. It's one of those like okay. you know um, neighborhood like the the little cul-de-sac houses. Yeah. Uh, and they have a block party, and they're all like crazy people, and somebody dies, and one of them. Yeah. Ooh. So, so like a, little, be... a little murder mystery. Yeah, so that one looks good. It. I'm excited for that. Oh, one cool. Too. So I haven't yeah. I haven't read much about Carson Whitehead. I read um, one of his first books about the um, the slave railroad. It was something underground. Hmm. Uh, it's like years ago now, and that was that was actually really good. Yeah, I don't know um, who that so is. I haven't read that. anything by him. So. He's pretty good. He does mainly kind of, um, I want to say drama, but kind of contemporary fiction okay. um, about slave trade and politics and stuff. So, mm-hmm. Interesting. So, yeah. All right. So we have some good books coming up. All right. Well, we are going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to hope that all technology is working and we're all able to be a happy little family on our Skype meet so that we can have an amazing interview with Jen Bouchard as we talk about her book, First Course, and her upcoming release, uh, Palms on the Cape. So, uh, we'll be right back and again just so you know whenever we have author interviews and we talk about their books there will be spoilers so if you haven't read first course and you don't want it spoiled go read it then come back and listen to the second half of the show um, but we will be right back and we'll be joined by miss jen bouchard And welcome back. Um, guys, this has been such a technology fun episode already. So we are going to get through this next segment with our guest author without any hiccups and technology glitches. But we are so excited, as we mentioned at the beginning of the show, to have Jennifer Bouchard with us. She is the author of First Course, a novel that is now out and available. It's been out since, I believe, June of 2021, um, and it is now also available on audio. So we're going to get into all the nitty-gritty, but please be aware we are going to be talking about some spoilers. So if you don't want to have First Course spoiled, pause Go read it real quick and then come back and listen to the rest of the show. Um, But, Jen, thank you so much for being here. So just so a little bit of background on Jen so everyone kind of knows a little bit about her. I am stealing her bio off of her website, but it says, After moving eight times before college, Jen was happy to land in Maine. At Bates College, she helped run large concerts and campus-wide events, survived the ice storm of 19 of 1998 which is funny because i was on the east coast that and i remember that particular storm (laughs) 
Um, she met her future husband and graduated with a degree in political science. From there, she moved to Boston, where she fell in love with the Red Sox and earned a master's degree in teaching and teaching certification from Tufts University. After a 12-year stint in Chicago, she and her family moved back to Boston, got season tickets to Fenway, and Jen began working on First Course, her debut novel. She has been a high school social studies teacher for 23 years and is a regular presenter at the National Council for Social Studies um, annual conference. In her spare time... Uh, Jen volunteers as both a fundraiser and secretary for her Bates College class and is a past president of the Alumni Association. She is a member of Grub Street and the Women Fiction Writers Association, as well as a board member for the, her local Dollars for Scholars chapter. She is an avid cook, which is definitely on full display in her book, and is always planning her next adventure. First course was published in 2021 by Touchpoint Press and and released as an audio in 2023 by Tanner Audio. You will find her short stories in Bookends Review, Lit Break Magazine, The Penman Review, Mary, and the Little uh, Patuxic Review. Thank you. I needed help on that yeah. one. <laughs> her second novel titled Palms on the Cape will be published by Touchpoint Press and will be released on October 3rd. And, excitingly enough, she's also currently working on a rom-com. So, Jen, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. This is so exciting. (laughs) All right. Well, just to kind of get us started a little bit, um, Liz and I have both read um, First Course, which is absolutely amazing. Thank you. (laughs) My biggest question, and just anybody reading the synopsis will kind of get a a basic idea of of your main character, Janie, when she goes through. Um, But can you just kind of give us a brief overview of the book? And then my first question for you is, what made you decide to traumatize Janie with so many catastrophic events all at once? Well, so I think, well, first of all, thank you both so much for reading and for having me here. This is wonderful to talk to you today. Um, I think so first course is, it starts off in Chicago. Um, Janie is working there, what she thinks is her dream job. She's work, trying to work her way up in a magazine. She went to journalism school at Northwestern um, and in the process ended up in this kind of bizarre secret relationship with her, with her boss, with her editor. And um, so they've been together for almost a year and, and he's older and he's kind of a man child and they're keeping it super secret. Um, but then all of these, you know, really rough things, as you mentioned, happen in one day. And I needed a lot of bad things to happen to force her back to Maine. Um, and because that's where I knew that the story had to be set. It had to be set at their family's house. Um, Cape Elizabeth is this, if you've never been to Maine before, it's this really beautiful town just outside of Portland um, has a really famous light lighthouse you may know you may affiliate with Maine it's the Portland headlight um, is actually in Cape Elizabeth and um, so anyway so that's the setting of the story and she and her sister end up back there to put the pieces back together of their lives when all of these different events um, take place and kind of emerge um, much better and find their second acts in life. Brilliant. So, I mean, where did the idea from the t- for the title come from? Is it potentially going to be a series because it's first course or? And I will say, yeah. like, like when I first picked it up, I'm like, this is, and I told Liz, I'm like, I am so excited. I'm ready. This is going to be a foodie book. 
<laughs> and it, it, there is a lot of food in it, but it's not, it doesn't revolve around it. Right. And so I, you know, it's kind of like a play on words, right? Um, so the idea of, you know, she does do a tremendous amount of cooking, um, but also life up until that point had just sort of been the first course. And, you know, she's looking for now her, her second act. Um, and many of the characters are also finding their second acts. And so um, this is the weirdest thing. My book titles come to me when I'm doing laundry. <laughs> all, three books, all three books I've written, same thing. Wow. So, you know, I'm starting to put together this fourth book right now. And, um, and some people have been like, well, what are you going to call it? I'm like, well, I don't know, but I do a lot of laundry. So it's just going to come to me. <laughs> um, and maybe it's just the mundane task of laundry. I, I'm yeah. not really sure. But, yeah, I just had this was one day. I'm doing laundry, and I'm like, oh, we've got food. We've got second acts. This was the first course. And so <laughs> that's how it happened. That's really cool. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, it's – so – there's there's so much in this and it's not just like trauma that Janie is going through like there there's a big family component in this book with her and her sister um you know and in her sister herself is going through some additional um not so great things so how how did you go about thinking about your characters? Because, you know, this this has a great cast of characters because you have Alyssa and you have Janie, the sisters, but then you have people like Rocky. Um, and Liz and I had this conversation. And um, I now, like, out of the last, the last two books I've read that have had a character named Rocky, they become, like, my favorite characters. Um, yeah. So can you just kind of tell us a little bit about how these characters came to life for you? Well, it's funny about Rocky because there's been a number of women who have um, decided that he's their new boyfriend. So, um, <laughs> I can see why. <laughs> he's pretty fantastic. I wanted to create um, just about as close to perfect of a man as I could for, for Jamie. I felt like she deserved it. Um, and so that's how I came up with Rocky. Uh, but, you know, I, 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 like I, like we talked about earlier, I'm a teacher, and so I was. I decided not to make him a teacher. I decided to make him a guidance counselor. But um, you know, I definitely wanted someone with that kind of a kind of a job. And you know, he's sort of the anti Cole, the guy that you know she was with mm-hmm. earlier, Mr. Hollywood. Um, and so I I don't know. So I, I started to think about. I wanted there also be to be a fair amount of humor in the book. And so I started to think of characters who were kind of ridiculous, like, you know, Meredith Ashton, the the neighbor with the bad food. Um, I've always been really amused by pictures of Instagram of, you know, really terrible looking food and things like that. And I was like, you know, this would be good. And, you know, my husband and I actually had a lot of fun sort of brainstorming. What were the gross things that Meredith Ashton would uh, would create? (laughs) Um, Yeah. So she was a lot of fun. Um, you know, just even going to the campus and, you know, dealing with some of the, the people that work there, like that was, that was a lot of fun for me too. Um, you know, like the, the, the one character who's always, you know, spilling things on herself and, you know, falling and, and things like that, you know, that was, that was sort of fun. So I wanted to add, I wanted to add certainly a, a comical aspect to it, um, yeah, the characters, the secondary characters especially, are, are sort of where the real fun comes in for me, I think. Mm-hmm. Wait, so is, the, is a coin salad actually a real dish over in America? Or is that something so, that 
It, it is. Um, I did. I did hear about it once. Um, at, and I, I will not name where I was when this happened. That I um, heard about this many years ago at an event. Um, it will all be re- all remain nameless. But I, I remember then, like looking it up afterwards and being, "This is disgusting." <laughs> um, and, you know, maybe there are some people who are reading the book and they're like, "Oh no, I love gold coin salad." But, Great. That's, that's wonderful. I, I just, the combination of the sliced carrots and I, I, ooh, it just did not sound good to me. It was like, is this supposed to be like a Bloody Mary or is, you know, what, what's supposed to happen here? Um, and so, yeah, that, that was a lot of fun. Wow. Holly, have you ever had a, a like, gold coin salad? I haven't. I also haven't had mince pie yet either. So, <laughs> see, exactly. That is what nice. I'm saying. Mince pies are nice. Mm, you, you you've got to try them before you judge them. Sorry, you've got to try them before you judge them. <laughs> but, but this time I, I might like look into a little bit more. <laughs> For sure. It does sound strange. Um, so obviously sticking on the kind of topic of food, um, it's something that kind of I. I saw and I saw that Holly kind of picked up on her review that although obviously food isn't like the core part of the novel it's still quite an important part of the of it because it feels like uh, food is almost like underlining a lot of the events it's connected to emotions and memories so for you personally how important is food in your life I obviously we know you're an avid foodie um do you cook a lot is it quite a part I do. So, I mean, for, and I was really thinking, you know, when I was writing the book, I was thinking back to, you know, myself in my mid twenties, which was the age of Janie. And what were the kinds of things that, you know, I was sort of emerging as a cook at that point. And part mm-hmm. of it was, um, my husband and I had just moved out to the, down to the Midwest, down to Chicago. And we were almost like a rest stop for a number of our friends who were traveling across the country because they were going to grad school or starting new jobs or leaving that job and going back, you know, so we had a lot of friends who were going back and forth and stopping with okay. us um, on, on their journeys. And so I was trying to figure out, you know, what to, what to feed people um, when they would come through town. And so I started thinking a lot about the kinds of things that I would make when I was, you know, when I was in my mid twenties before I had, you know, the, my, my kids who are now, now I have teenagers and, you know, so my, my, my feeding style is quite, quite different. And I'm trying to, you know, cook things to feed them, you know, after a sports practice or a game or, you know, kind of on the fly and things like that. So mm-hmm. it's all sort of changed for me quite a bit. Um, but I was cooking very differently at that stage in my life. So I was thinking a lot about that. But I also like to think about food as a connecting point. And um, a lot of uh, a lot of our memories of different parts of our lives are tied in with food. Mm-hmm. A lot of people that we know yeah. are tied in with food, right? Um, for better better or worse. Mm-hmm. And, and so um, yeah. I want to think about that as well. That, yeah. And, and that's the thing. I think so much of, of like just people's lives and revolves around food and, you know, dinner time with the family around the you know the, the dining room table and just like it's it's where families come together and and it, it really is so important um so you know you're a teacher um and i i feel like we we have a we have a lot in common i was a teacher for 14 years before i moved into administration and now i'm an assistant principal um stay in the classroom jen stay in the classroom <laughs> <laughs> 
It's hard to know sometimes what the right thing to do is. I don't know. All right. I, I agree. And I, re- I remember thinking, like, you know, it's ready. I, I, it's time. I'm going to go do something new. I want to move, you know, move up into a position where I can help teachers in different capacity. And now I'm like, I think I help teachers more when I was, like, a department chair and in the classroom yeah. than I do now because I deal with so much other stuff. But, right. um, but that's – no, but you're I, in a job. You're stretched in so many different directions. So. Right, exactly. And um, I'm. A, are you in a high school? I am. Yeah. Um. So am I. <laughs> but <laughs> but I also think um that I don't know. There's because you know I I love to write. I haven't gotten to a point where I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna sit down and get something published. But you know, when one, I know how time consuming working in education is. Um, how stressful it can be, all of those things. So one, how has working in education impacted you as a writer? Because I, I personally, I can see how different experiences that I deal with in education influence some of the things I write. But on the flip side of that, how do you take such such a complex, important, time-consuming job and balance it with uh, with writing, with having a family. Like I also have teenagers right now and Lord have mercy. Um, you know, it's so much to handle so much to juggle and and you have, you know, this great book that's out. I know we're, I, I'm excited for this next one to come out, um, in October. So how do you just like manage it all? So it, it's interesting because it's, I mean, everything you said is 100% true. It is really hard to do all this. And um, a lot of days I don't feel like I'm doing any of it particularly well. Um, it is tough when just now, I, you know, somebody wanted to book me for an event, um, a, an author event. And, you know, she's like, well, can you come at Monday, on a Monday at 2, two o'clock in the afternoon? I'm like, no, I can't. Um, and so, you know, just trying to, you know, I think especially is so – more and more people are not in forward-facing jobs. You know, this also gets to be a little bit more challenging. Um, so I've got that, um, the kids, all those sorts of things. In, but in many ways, writing and being able to do it when I can and trying to schedule it almost like a doctor's appointment has been really good for me in so many ways because um, teaching has become a lot more stressful. Um, the last, as you know, the last four years have been – absolutely brutal in many ways and um, very complicated and having an outlet for me has been really helpful. And I have friends who teach who go and run marathons and, you know, triathlons and I, that's not for me. Um, <laughs> I'm, not built, I'm not built for 26.2 miles. Um, but, um, but having this to go to, you know, and I, I'm not doing it as well as I want to. Um, I would like to be able to write faster than I am and things like that. But it has been, I think, healthy for me to have something else going on in my life and something that I really enjoyed. I mean, publishing, publishing is hard, and there's a lot of things about it that are really hard and really frustrating, um, and that's a whole nother can of worms. But um, there are a lot of things that I've really enjoyed about it, um, connecting with readers, connecting with people like both of you, um, connecting with other authors. That has been a huge surprise. The author community is amazing. I have made all these new friends. Um, I have such a network of, um, of friends now in, in the community that I never even thought about that before I started writing. I, you know, it's such a solitary thing in so many ways. Um, and, then, and then it's not. And that's been, that's been a real treat. 
How do your students feel about about it? So I didn't, <laughs> I didn't tell anyone until right before first course was published. I mean, I didn't tell any anyone at my school really. Mm-hmm. I told a few teachers about it. Um, when I finished the book, when I finished the draft, and I was like, I wrote a book and I got to figure this next part out. And I'm like, oh my gosh. But, um, and then, you know, once I got the publishing deal, I did, I did tell a few more people, but I didn't tell any students until the end of that school year, literally a few days before it was published. I, on the way out, I had a few senior girls and I was like, by the way, I wrote a book and I'm going to be at this bookstore on this date, if, you know, just in case. <laughs> oh my God. God. And so it was funny. They, they showed up. It was really cute. But um, and then, and then I just started the next school year being like, yeah, this is what I do as well. And um, it's funny because a lot of them don't even think about it that much. And then every once in a while, somebody will be like, you're Jen Bouchard with first course, right? And I'm like, yeah. And it's kind of like my Superman content. <laughs> Um, it is starting to blend a little bit more like the public library in the town where I teach asked me to be part of a panel this year and, you know, things like that. Uh So I think it's just kind of becoming part of my larger personality. And I also have a 16 year old and a 12 year old, you know? (laughs) So, um, you know, we don't, every once in a while a student will ask me a question, you know, like, well, how do you do this? And what, what do you do for that? And, you know, like how, you know, what, how does publishing work? But like, other than that, there they don't even talk about it that much. I think part of it is I'm a social studies teacher. I know some other teachers who are, you know, who are authors who are English teachers. And I think that it's yeah. much more a part of their, their teaching life. Whereas for me, it's, you know, it's something so separate. And I don't know necessarily the first course is um, demo, like go-to demographic. That target demographic right. is, you know, 16, 17 year old. Right. <laughs> it's fun though, because like, I'll ask them, I'm like, well, what are you reading? And, you know, a bunch of my female students, like, were like, you know, oh, uh, you know, Emily Henry book lovers. Mm-hmm. And they're like, you, they're like, you have to read this. And, you know, like, okay. And so I did. I loved it. Um, oh, it's such a good book. But so that, that's kind of fun, you know, to talk about yeah. whatever it is. I always want to know what they're reading. Okay. So on the topic of, of writing, um, obviously at the beginning we did say that your new book, Palms on the Cape, is out in October. Tell us a bit more about it. Palms of the Cape was so much fun for me to write because first course took me like two and a half years to write. I had no idea what I was doing. Palms of the Cape, I, I breezed through it. Like I, I wrote it in six months. Um, I had the most fun ever writing that book. And I think part of it was I was coming off of the high of just releasing first course. And so I felt, I think, a confidence in writing it that was helpful Hmm. Um, and there were some things I really wanted to do with it. Like I, when Harry met Sally is one of my favorite movies. And so yes. in, in many <laughs> ways, many ways, Palms of the Cape is, you know, a, has a, a very strong when Harry met Sally vibe to it. Um, and so that was a lot of fun. I set it on Cape Cod, which is a place that has grown to be really special to me. We spend a week there every summer. Um, and so I really, had spent, I spent a lot of time actually while I was starting to write it at that, you know, when that week that we were down there that August, I just sat on the beach a lot and looked around and noticed things in a different way. And that immersion became a really big part of the book for me. Um, and so I think I just felt this really strong connection to the story. Um, there's a lot about it that I'm really excited for people to read. 
Well, I, I've been to Cape Cod. I've been there a couple times. We actually honeymooned in Martha's Vineyard. Oh, uh, wonderful. <laughs> and, um, been to the Daffodil Festival in Na- on Nantucket. So, uh, oh, so I like, nice. yeah, it's beautiful. That area is beautiful. What a perfect, perfect setting for, for a book. Um, so that's coming out October 3rd. Uh, mm-hmm. But you also apparently have several short stories out and about. Yeah. So you kind of been writing for a while. Um, so tell us a little bit about um, your short stories. So, after I finished writing first course and I was trying to figure out kind of, you know, where all this was going, I had a pretty significant bit of writer's block. I couldn't come up with anything new for a while. And so I decided if I could just, you know, do something small that that would be good for me and just kind of see where it went. And then I started learning about all these different liter- online literary magazines and, um, so yeah, that was interesting because some of the stories got picked up really quickly, um, a few months. Others took like close to a year. Um, but I, there, there generally is a home for everything. You just have to be persistent and and figure out what that home is. And the rejections are hard, but you know it's just it's because it's not the right fit for that publication. Um, mm-hmm. And they get they get flooded with so many. Um, and I can imagine so many of them are so amazing, but, and they just only, you know, a lot of these magazines only have, you know, a few, one or two or three pieces of fiction per issue. So, um, it's tough to find the right, the right place, but eventually I did. So, you know, published five short stories. I don't have it in me right now to write another one. I think I'm enjoying novels a lot more. Um, but I'd love to do it again sometime if, you know, if the right story struck me, they're fun to write because you can write, you can draft one in a day. Um, yeah. a lot of times they're around like, you know, 2,500 words. You can draft, you know, you can draft that easily. And then of course you got to clean it up, but, um, it's, uh, it's a lot of fun. It's very satisfying in a way because you can, you know, see something from start to finish in a relatively short period of time where novels can be much more of a beast. Yeah. So talk us a bit through your, your writing process. When you're writing a novel, are you sort of person that kind of plans lots and then writes or do you tend to kind of write by the seat of your pants as such so it's funny because i'm in the process of plotting out a, a book right now and i've got this enormous whiteboard and all these little stickies and i'm you know kind of going down this line different you know s- segments of the story and i'm about halfway through the board right now and and i'm like oh. then i'm having imposter syndrome and i'm staring at it being like is this gonna be boring is this basically something you know, that somebody else, I'm like, ah, like, is this, is this kind of a mishmash of the three books I've written? Like, what is this, you know? And so I'm trying to figure it out. And I think I'm overthinking it. I think I just need to plan the rest of it out and then figure out what I want to do to make it special, um, to make it funny, to make, give the characters a lot of personality. Um, I just need to plot it out first. The weird thing is I sort of wrote the first chapter. No, I did. I wrote the first chapter already kind of by accident. Um, It was almost like a fever dream one night. I was like, oh, I know we're going to start it (laughs) in the middle because everyone always tells me you should be, you know, you you start your books in the wrong place. And and so I, I did it one night and I was like, it was four pages and I'm like, oh, okay, we have a first chapter. And so I think I'm going with it. I I really do. Um, I think I may have actually started the book in the right place this time, whereas other times I've had to move things around later. 
So when you're writing, what is your kryptonite? What's your writing kryptonite? I think it's just light. I mean, everything, you mean like the things that just get in my way? Yeah. I mean, it's life. It's, it's life. It's, I mean, my, my kids are, my kids are pretty good athletes and I am not. Um, so this is not <laughs> something that I, I grew up with. Um, I mean, I tried, but I was terrible, but um, they, <laughs> they are good. And so, you know, we're in the middle of like club baseball and softball season oh in my, my house. God, and, yes. you know, I, like, I'm not going to give up their stuff, you know, for, for writing. Yeah. And so it's just trying to figure out when I can do it around their stuff. Um, and the thing about it is like, I know like my son's going to college in two years and so I'm going to have more time. So that's part of it too, for me is that I know my current situation is somewhat temporary and, um, this is why I'm really glad I'm doing this because I also feel like this is going to help me then because my life is going to change so much. Yeah. Um, I can relate my kids, my oldest is going to be a senior this year. Also, both of my kids are athletes, been through the club scene, so so time consuming but it is it's great yeah wonderful wonderful memories but in another year you're gonna probably be in the the boat i'm in with the the college recruitment and that's a whole nother freaking ball game so it's yeah so time consuming and it is crazy so there's a question we ask every author who comes on the show which is that um for any aspiring writers out there, what would be the one piece of advice that you would give them? I would say go, I would say go for it. Don't let yourself be held back by imposter syndrome or worried you're too young, too old, too, you know, you don't have an MFA, you don't have, you know, all this experience. Just go for it because, you know, that's, that's been the cool thing too about meeting all these authors. We all come from really different backgrounds. Um, and don't let any of that hold you back. You've got, you've got a story to tell. It's in there. So we talk about you writing and, um, and your kids and your family. What about your reading? What are you reading? What are your kind of go-to genres? And like right now, what, what's sitting on your bookshelf right now? So I'm reading, I just started Summer Breakdown by an author named Colleen Temple, who is part of, I'm in a little consortium of, um, of female authors that we, um, we do, we talk, you know, kind of offline, you know, and, uh, and, and get together and just sort of talk about our experiences as writers and things like that. So it's one of it's her book, um, which is great. It's also set in Massachusetts on the coast, um, which is awesome. Um, let's see things I've read recently. We talked about book lovers. That mm-hmm. was fantastic. Um, so I really like Emily Henry, um, Carly fortune. I loved every summer after, um, I've got meet me at the lake sitting, waiting for me right now. Um, always been a big Jennifer Weiner fan. Um, Ellen Heldebrand as well, of course, with all the, mm. all the new stories. <laughs> Love yeah. them. Um, but you know, like I said, I've, I've gotten to know so many authors that I, you know, maybe wouldn't have stumbled across otherwise. Mm-hmm. So, um, Sarah Goodman Confino, um, she's up to no good. It's a fantastic book. Um, Meredith Shore has a new book coming out really soon, but as seen on TV was so good. Like I'm just, there's so many, so many books that, um, I've just been consuming in large <laughs> quantities, um, recently, which has been a lot of fun. Amazing. I think we, we get exactly the same thing. So having done this podcast, we've, 
being introduced to so many different authors and so many more genres that we didn't really know was out there. It's really, it's really eye-opening, but also at the same time, it's very time-consuming reading all the books. (laughs) So fun, though. (laughs) Oh, definitely. Um, So, so, I mean, obviously we're talking about what your go-to genres are. Um, If you could collaborate with any other author, living or dead, who would it be? Oh, it's Jennifer Weiner. Absolutely. Like, I I met her. <laughs> finally, she was a bucket list wow. item for me. I met her the day after First Course launched. Um, so June of 2021, like it was a weird time because like they were just yeah. starting to be book events again and they were all outside and um, she had an event in Newport, Rhode Island and I drove down in a torrential storm to this <laughs> event. And um, the whole time I'm like, this is like, is this worth it? I'm like, yes, it is. And, um, I got there and I'm in the bathroom before the event. And I I had this weird thought. I was like, she could walk in the door right now. And she did. (laughs) I said, Oh, it's you. And she's like, it's me. Um, and then we had the event and she was fantastic. She's so funny. And um, afterwards, you know, she's signing books and I came up, I said, I'm the one from the bathroom. <laughs> 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 on my copy of um of um her book, she she wrote my bathroom companion. <laughs> See, even authors have to use the restroom every oh, now absolutely. and then. <laughs> absolutely. She's so fantastic. So. That's, that's so, so amazing. And it's, you know, I love going to author events like that. And Mm -hmm. it's, you know, and, and part of also the fun of doing the podcast is being able to like, you know, meet the authors, see the authors and see them as real people. And it's just like, you know, and every time I I'm done with a, a, with a author interview, I'm like, Oh my god, I can totally finish my stories and 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 finish my books, and then like two days later, I, yeah, I, I, yeah. I. But then two days later, I'm like, oh my gosh, I have so much to do. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm telling you how you have to schedule it like a doctor's appointment. Like you look at your calendar for the week, and you're like, all right, I've got two hours right here, and that's everyone's gonna leave me the heck alone, and we're, you know, and easier said than done, I know. Yeah, but. If you can get your family on board, it, it does make a big difference. Yeah. And yeah, I have, I have an amazing family, super supportive. And I know my, my husband's like, can you, can you start publishing books? Cause he, I don't know if he thinks that I'd make like a billion dollars with my first, my first one, but he's like, Hey, can you start publishing some books so I can like, you know, be a stay at home dad, I'm like a stay at home dad. Our kids are going to be out of the oh, house. Man. Like my youngest graduates right. in three years. Right, but that's perfect. The perfect time for him to be a stay-at-home dad. Yeah. <laughs> when there's no kids at all. <laughs> right, exactly. So, okay, um, we're going to kind of begin to to wrap this up so we can move into our our infamous either-or round. But what my last question for you really is, what what is a book or two um, that in your life, in the course of your life, have really, like, impacted you um, or, you know, given you that love for reading and writing or just was like a favorite book that has just stayed in your, in your mind and your heart for years. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a big fan of Richard Russo. I got to meet him. He did an event in Portsmouth, New, New Hampshire, probably about six years ago or so. I went to um, Empire Falls, which is set in Maine was one of those books for me for sure. Um 
I think Pat Conroy's Beach Music, that was one that was a big one for me a long time ago. The Outsiders. <gasps> um, yeah, that was oh, I mean, that. Grade, I, I know you grade. can see you can see Liz's face. Yeah. We have I'm going to interrupt you real quick cuz we have a story yeah. with The Outsiders. So The Outsiders by far is one of like my favorite all-time books. Like when I before I moved into high school, I taught middle school, I and I taught English and I taught Outsiders every year. You have to teach The Outsiders. Yes. My two personal children did it in in school and yeah. so I I mentioned it oh probably over a year ago on uh, to Liz and she's like The Outsiders what's the outsiders and i'm like oh my god so here he, he, this is the most distressing thing that i'm going to tell you knowing that you love the outsiders the same thing with the giver by lewis lowry yeah liz hasn't read either of them wasn't really familiar with them so i went on to amazon to try to send them to her you can't like you can't send them like and like even in the the, the uk amazon okay. um they're not available to be shipped. Huh. And so then I went out and I bought copies here thinking, I'm going to send her a care package. Yeah, a care package of those two books was going to cost me almost $200 to send her. Oh, my goodness. I said, Liz, I love you dearly, and you oh. really need to read these books, but I don't know if it's worth the $200. Oh my <laughs> yeah, so The Outsiders has a long history on our show. Okay, keep going. Didn't mean to interrupt. No, no, no. That's great. Now, the the outsiders for sure. I would say um, Jennifer Weiner's debut book, Good and Bad. That was like that was a big one. Um, I think that was a it was groundbreaking in so many ways. Um, I was a big Judy Bloom fan. Oh, um, yes. Yeah, definitely. I just I took my daughter to see because she's twelve. I uh-huh. took her to see her daughter to see Margaret, which was which was great. It was so fun to go watch that movie with her. <laughs> what a perfect um, age. Yeah, it was it was it was so fun. The movie theater was all like moms and middle school girls. <laughs> Fantastic. I was a big I was a big reader. Like I read all the Sweet Valley High books. My um, favorite. Yeah. I just always I've always loved reading about you know, human interactions and relationships and all those things. Yeah. Oh, amazing. Yeah. <laughs> Liz, do you have any other questions? Um I mean, I am a massive foodie. Are you into Are you into Kelly? Your, your foodie romances, your foodie stories as well. Are there any that particularly kind of you read before writing first course? If you you don't? Know, not not that many. I mean, obviously, there's lots of books that have strong elements in them. Yeah. Um, you know, and I've read some. There's a lot of fun mysteries and things like that that do that do as well. Um. Like Arsenic and Adobo is a really fun book, and she's got a whole bunch of other ones. But um, now she's been so successful. But um, yeah, no, not not as much. And so I, you know, I here and there I stumble upon some things, but mm-hmm. I, I don't know. Like this has been kind of my the thing that that I enjoy centering stories around. Yeah. Well, I loved first course, and I definitely recommend it. And it fit it fit in nicely. Like for some reason, this summer I've been reading a lot of like family drama books where it's just like family situations and, and just people and character driven. And it's, it was, it's been a pretty cool summer of books and first course was just, it was just a a perfect, a perfect fill in. And I will say that when I was done, you know, you always, you know, I went to a big university 
lots of buildings named after people. And I guess I never really thought about the process because that's, that's a big piece um, of this book is like, you know, while you're alive, you give money, you give money, you give money, you give money. And then in my mind, I'm just like, okay, you're this huge donor. So like when you pass away, they're just automatically going to like name something after you. But then to realize, oh yeah, you were a great donor, but we're not going to name something after you unless you pay us like another million dollars. And it's right, like, right. what? Like yeah. that was, that was kind of like, yeah, that was kind of weird. So, uh, <laughs> um, all right. Well, it is time for our speed round. So I'm going to turn it over to Liz because she's going to kind of run, run this little game for us today. Okay. So just your basic either or, um, we'll go around and I will say basically two items and you have to say which one you prefer. So no explaining which Holly struggles with every single time. Every time. Every time. <laughs> just just the answer. <laughs> so, okay, well, we'll go Jen, Holly, and then me. Okay. So, you guys ready? Yeah. Okay. So, starter or dessert? Starter. Starter. Yeah, starter. Live with your sibling or separate houses? Separate houses. Absolutely separate houses. Yeah, so <laughs> uh, Japanese or Italian? Italian. 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 Wine or beer? Wine. All right, so I... <laughs> and it's... <laughs> and it begins. Neither. <laughs> I, I don't drink a lot, so I don't like either one of those. So, neither. <laughs> Sorry. I'll say wine. <laughs> um, cocktails or seltzers? Cocktails. I put this one on there because I will drink a good cocktail if it's very fruity. I don't even know what a seltzer is, though. That's the only thing. Is it a soft drink? No, it's it's like um, an American thing. Yeah, it must be. It's just like um, like seltzer water and alcohol, or like sparkling water and alcohol. I'll say cocktails. Cocktails sounds nice. Mm-hmm. Um, cooking or eating. I'm going to say cooking. Eating. Eating. Good. Cook, Jen can cook for us. Yeah. <laughs> we'll eat it. <laughs> I'll, I'll, steal, I'll steal a few little bites. That's part of it, you know. Yeah. It's the chef's right. <laughs> exactly. Um, chopsticks or fork? Chopsticks sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> Fork because I've never mastered how to use chopsticks. <laughs> Same. <laughs> uh, baking or cooking? Cooking. Baking. I'm gonna say cooking. Uh, yoga or Pilates? Okay, I missed that one. So yoga or Pilates? Oh, yo- yoga. <laughs> well, of course, yoga, dude. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I would probably say Pilates. Uh, I'll say yoga. Uh, and finally, big city or small town? <laughs> Gosh, that one. I'm going to be like Holly. And <laughs> See, it's not oh. just me. No, it's not. Okay, I'm going to say I'm going to say city. 
Okay, well, you are in the Boston area, so that's yeah. a pretty big city. Even though I live in a small town, kind of really close to Boston. <laughs> <laughs> but I love, I love my city proximity, so I'll say city. Um, I'm going to go small town. Yeah, I'm going to go small town. Yeah. So that is it. Well done. It was so fun. I love that. <laughs> Um, well, Jen, again, thank you so much for joining us. Um, we really appreciate it. Uh, you know, we wish you the best with the continu- continued success of First Course and Palms on the Cape, which comes out um, October 3rd. Uh, so we'll, we'll continue and of to... Course, if you need, and, of course, if you need any art readers for the, the next book, me and oh, Holly will be oh, very happy to... Absolutely. <laughs> this Absolutely. has been so much fun. Thank you so much. This is a blast. And we oh, also we also awesome. love having authors back on after you know <laughs> they you know after they've done other things and to help promote your you know your work and everything that's coming out. Um, so we'll uh, don't worry as we do like our October and September show. We'll make sure to you know continue to to remind people to look for your book. Um, but it's, I'm sorry that technology has been um, a disaster, <laughs> and I, I I you know. I'll, I'll post some stuff on Instagram to let people know exactly like the uh, the visual impact of our technology <laughs> issues today, which you just you just can't make some of these things up sometimes. No. <laughs> but um, Jen, so just tell our listeners kind of where they can find you, where your cool. your um, online presence is. Sure. Um, my website is Jen J E N N Bouchard B O U C H A R D dot com my website, and then you can find me. Uh, Facebook, uh, Twitter, Instagram at Jen Bouchard, B-O-S, that's for Boston. Um, and uh, you can find First Course anywhere you buy books. Um, it's now available in uh, audiobook as well, and that's through um, Audible or any of the other um, audio platforms. Awesome. And Liz, what about you? Well, yep, you can find uh, my website is lizzieslittlebooknook.co.uk. <laughs> And I'm on Instagram um, under Lizzie's Little Bookmark. And Holly, how about you? Uh, my website is uh, azdesertbookworm.com, and I can be found under the same uh, handle on Instagram, so azdesert underscore bookworm. And um, we, of course, have our Speaking Literally podcast as well on Instagram that you can follow and get all the updates on shows. Uh, we have some great shows coming up the rest of this year. Um Jen, you've been an amazing guest. Thank you so much for, for sharing Thank you so much. Yeah, everything um, about your books with us. And we look forward to seeing your success in the future. And for everyone, we will be back. We actually have two episodes. August is going to be a bonus month for us. So we'll be back in just a couple weeks in early August for our next episode. Uh, and then at the end of August, we'll be back with our next book club episode where we'll be uh, discussing uh, fourth fourth wing which seems to be a extremely hyped popular book right now that I feel everybody is reading so uh, Jen have you read that one yet I have not so that's interesting it's 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 really it's good. a massive sensation right now yeah. yeah so <laughs> if you if you like dragons and fantasy it it is probably one of the the best fantasy books I've read in a long time so cool yeah all right well until next time everyone continue to read those good books and make sure you go pick up jen bruchard's first course and put palms on the cape on your tbr list until then everyone happy reading (laughs) 